everyone, and welcome to Real Estate Right Now, where we talk about real estate matters that matter to you. We are live here from the right. studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina, part of the Greater Research Triangle Park. Today's shop. Uh, I'm reminded of the movie Groundhog Day. And if, if you remember the movie Groundhog Day with Bill Murray, there is this radio station that comes on at the same time at 6 30 morning said and they and these two radio announcers goes it's cold outside and and bill murray says it's always cold outside well many of us here uh in north carolina but i mean the truth of the matter is um that we uh temperatures this morning were 31 which is really cold for us here in raleigh uh but i checked back home in nebraska and ithaca temperatures are going to get down into 20s uh with a high of the 30s uh, and then I checked back on uh, Washington State, where I went to graduate school, uh, in Pullman, Washington. Uh, it's it's going to be like a high of 27 or 28 here in the next couple of days. So it's going to be across the country, right? If you happen to be in a place where it's not so cold, good for you. I'm, I'm ha- we're can I just say Brad and I are happy for you? Okay, <laughs> we we are we are real happy that you're warm. Uh, but that's not typical for a lot of the company this country. So, but today I bring back uh, my guest Brad Biggs uh, of. Of, of, of Biggs HVAC, electrical and plumbing. And uh, he's come back and he's going to talk to us about winterizing our system and what we should know about heating, uh, especially this time of year. Uh, Brad, welcome back to the show. Thank you, sir. Good to be back. It's great to see you. Yes, sir. By the way. Um, so we had you on. I, I don't know if it's summarize. I, I know it's, it's summering. What, what right. are we doing in the summer, right? Yeah. Uh, and technically, we're not in winter. We're technically still in fall. Mm-hmm. According to the farmer's almanac, right, we're right. still in fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, what when we talk about winterizing your HVAC system? Mm-hmm. When you hear that, what does that first thing that come to your mind? Yeah, so um, me personally, um, in my opinion, I'll be honest with you. A lot of the times, you know, when you have winterizing your HVAC system, the main thing you want to do, it really falls back to what we talked about last show was, um, you know, routine maintenance on the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, times out of 10, there's not a whole lot of stuff the average homeowner is going to be able to do to make sure their system's working in tip top shape during the winter months. Um, so with that being said on maintenances and stuff like that, one of the biggest things that we like to look into is, you know, first off, deciphering if you have a heat pump or a furnace. Um, That's a big one. You know, out this way in Raleigh, you know, a lot of it's natural gas furnaces. Um, Back our way to Garner, Clayton area, it's kind of um, heat pump country. Um, Mm -hmm. So with that being said, you know, on a heat pump, um, our guys are going in and the main thing they're checking is defrost control boards. So on a heat pump system, you're going to have a defrost control board that will shut the condenser down, the outdoor Mm -hmm. unit. It will shut it down for, um, depends on what the defrost board set shut it down and it'll melt, you know, thin layers of ice off of that system. Um, With that being said, that also follows into your auxiliary heat or your emergency heat strips is what a lot of times your thermostat will say when you look at it on the wall. If those two components aren't working properly, you can have a really big problem when it's, you know, like today, you know, 31, 32 degrees in the morning, you might wake up and go, man, what in the world? (laughs) It's chilly. Um, So, those are the two big items with heat pumps um, that we're checking on these maintenances. And then, you know, if you're out Raleigh, one that we're checking on on gas systems is making sure your gas pressures are up to up to par with manufacturer specifications. Um, 
Then the other one with that is going to be checking to make sure your heat exchanger is all good, uh, making sure everything in that's in good shape. Um, and then basically just pulling out pretty much every part and piece in that furnace and inspecting it and making sure everything's good to go. Um, Cause you might feel heat blowing, but it might not be operating properly and um, it might be damaging to that system. Um, so having routine maintenance on it, you know, even like I said, even if it's working fine, it's best to get it checked out, you know, as we're going into these, you know, cold winter months. So when you go in to do the maintenance, winter maintenance, mm -hmm. first of all, it's, it seems like the time that you do maintenance is when it's really hot really cold right. it's, not, it's not like we, you're not coming in here it seems like you know during it you know nice weather right, right? you yeah. guys are either really sweating or mm -hmm. you're you're bundled up yeah. what is it when you go into the winter system what are you hoping not to see um first thing um just like last podcast is super dirty filters that's that's uh, a lot of guys biggest pet peeve okay. um but um a one thing that i really don't like to see is if i if i go in and the system hasn't been maintained in a few years and you know it's our first time in there and you know it let for example let's just say it is a heat pump system and i go in and it has an intermittent issue inside of it and so a lot of times you'll walk outside on these really cold mornings and see uh, you know if there's two units beside each other it'll have one that is a little bit icy that the defrost control board's about to kick on and melt that stuff off and then you'll see one that's just a huge chunk of ice um that you know is one of the biggest things that we see um because your defrost control board it could work nine times out of ten but that one time that it doesn't go through a defrost cycle that system can get you know two inches of ice that are all throughout the sides of it and when it comes back on to run it will not run very efficiently and you'll walk by your vent in the morning and be like man is that, is that ac running what in the world right, right, right. um so that's a that's a big one that i'm not a big fan of seeing but um the other one like i said you know going back to that last podcast we had is big as a homeowner, that's the number one best thing you can do um, to open out the filters. Now, you did something for us in our house where mm -hmm. we have basically, I don't have to change filters. Whole house media filter. Yeah, it's a whole house. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, it, well, you know, I, you know it, we have a play, you know, we have rental houses and things like that. And we got to change those filters out, you know, once a month. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. You know, I've got it on my calendar, first of the month change out your filters, right? And mm -hmm. do that regularly. By the way, am I doing that right once a month? Yeah, yeah. Um, you'll get a million different opinions on that. Uh, each filter is kind of different, those one-inch filters. But yeah. um, for the most part, I like to tell customers, whenever you get like an energy bill or water bill or something, you know, that's a good way to remember like, oh, it's time to go change my filter. Okay. Um, but basically monthly um, is the yeah. best recommendation. Yeah, I do I do it monthly. Yeah, right. Because I'm... Yeah. Just, I, I, you know, one of the things about changing filters out monthly is like sometimes I go, oh, well, it looks pretty clean. Right. But looks aren't everything, is it, when it comes to a filter? Yeah, um, because I have seen sometimes where, uh, especially the cheap polyester filters, mm -hmm. the, um, when that blower motor is pulling in on that return, it can actually create kind of a bend. Um, and when that filter bends, you know, the surface face of that filter might not be super dirty, but like, especially if you have like pets, um, a lot of traffic in and out of the house, right beside your return filter, um, curve, sometimes dust and debris can go right beside or mm. on the inside or outside of the filter wrap around and then get into the filtration system that way. Um, so you might pull your filter out and go, man, it's really nice and clean. But when you hold it up straight, it's got a bow in it. 
from where that mm -hmm. return's been pulling on it for so long. Right. So even if it's not super dirty, it's best to do it monthly. Um, so let me let me ask you also. Uh, but, but okay, well let's let's stay here for a second. Mm -hmm. I just had another thought. This just in. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, by the way, this just in for all of you there. Uh, <laughs> the the whole house. That you do it, describe to people what that is and, and advantages of doing that because I do, I mean, it's not just convenience, there, there's a whole number of things that that does for yeah, us, yeah, right? for sure. So, um, the filters are a little bit more expensive than you would see a regular one inch filter you might get from a hardware store or something. Um, but the reason that is is because it's a five inch thick media filter, so um, these are hospital grade filters, I mean, they are you know really, really thick, nice filters. And when you add that to your system, there's a few ways to do that. And I'll get in that in a minute. But when you add like the one you have in your house to your system, um, you don't necessarily have to run the one inch filters in your return grills. Um, so, you know, you're saving money on the back end by making that investment and it lasts for 12 months. So, you know, for a whole calendar year, you don't have to worry about swapping it out. Um, so yeah, there is, a few ways you can have that filtration um, added to your system. The main one is kind of like you have where we add a cabinet in between them and furnace or air handler, depending on what you have. Um, that way it's just going to be a cabinet with a magnetic door. You can just pop that door right off, slide a filter in, pop it in, and then right on your calendar, your phone and say, you know, in a year, swap it out. Or what a lot of customers like to do is just have us, you know, swap it when we come out to do the maintenance, we'll come bring it, um, every other visit and uh, we'll swap it out for you. The other way to do it, which is becoming more popular now is they actually make a five inch media filter that is designed to fit into your returns where your one inch filter goes. Mm. So instead of having to um, pay to have that cabinet installed um, on your air handler, you can actually just get them and put them inside your one inch return grills. Um, and so there's no install really necessary. You just pop the old filter out, one inch filter out, put the five inch filter in and you're still getting a good quality filtration. It's just not at the immediate point of contact where your return air hits that unit. Um, like, like in your case would be cause you have that five inch cabinet there. Right. Um, so that's definitely the best way to go about it in my opinion. But, um, you know, if you know, you had a three or four returns in one house and you wanted to just go pop them all in, I mean, in my opinion, it's a lot easier than breaking out the ladder every month and trying to, especially if they're in the ceiling. Well, are, we, we, we have a return is above the TV vaulted ceiling. If right. you remember, I yep. mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's way up there. Yeah. I mean, I have to have like my 12 foot ladder. Mm -hmm. They have to pull from the office right. and get up there. If I was going to change that return filter. Right. I'm not anxious about that, Brad. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame <laughs> I'm, you. I'm, I'm not. I, there's nothing about me that wants to be on top of a 12-foot ladder changing out a filter. Right, yeah. Um, and that's where that media filter comes into play. Um, you know, like I said, especially if it's on your air handler, because typically you're going to have like a pull-down access mm -hmm. to your attic, or if it's in the crawl space, you just pop that crawl door open and head in. But like I said, you know, a lot of times customers don't want to go inside the crawl, so mm -hmm. that's what we're here for. Right. We'll go in there and pop that filter in for a whole year. So. Yeah, well I love it. I swear by it. I'm just telling you uh they installed it in our home. Um it's been great our our air quality has been amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh it it really is and it and it keeps me from having to do it. So it is a convenient thing as well. Okay, there's a debate out there when it comes to any whether it's heating or air or conditioning. Uh but heating I see this a lot on the wall unit. Okay? okay. On the wall. 
keep the fan on or put it on auto? So, um, me personally, and it's funny, you ask different HVAC guys, you'll get a hundred different answers. But, um, me personally, I would, I would recommend just leaving that, um, fan in the auto position Okay. that way, you know, um, your, your blower motor is not going to be overworked and overstressed. It's just running. Um, typically it'll come on about 30 seconds or so before the heat comes on. Mm. So you'll feel that, um, not cold air, but kind of room temperature air start moving through the system at first. And then after about 30 to 40 seconds of runtime, um, if you have a furnace, your burners will kick in and nice, hot, <laughs> nice, hot, dry heat will start running out of that system um, pretty much immediately um, after that furnace kicks off. Um, and then once it's done and your system is satisfied and you get to a good temperature, um, you'll notice your blower motor is going to run for another 30 seconds or so afterwards, and then it's going to shut down until the next, you know, demand. So me personally, I wouldn't recommend leaving the blower on, um, you know, unless every house is different. I will say that, you know, some houses you go in 78 right. degrees, feels super comfortable. Right. You go in some houses and 78 degrees is like, man, this is <laughs> super hot. Right. Um, so it really just depends specifically. Um, you're definitely not going to really damage anything um, if you're running the blower all the time. So, I mean, you know, if, if, you know, a couple guys out there was curious about doing it, you know, go for it, try it out. Okay. But in my opinion, I think, you know, the best thing to do is kind of just set it and forget it, leave it on auto oh, yeah. and let it do its thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, thermostats that you've put in our house, right. Can mm -hmm. go, I don't have to set it like a cool or hot. It, it, it will find that adjustment automatically yeah. now the newer right it used to be that you know you'd go to the thermostat and you have to go okay do i want air conditioning or do i want heat mm -hmm. you could actually set it right and if it gets if it gets too cold it's gonna it's mm -hmm. gonna hit heat if it gets too hot because you know this time of year i was about it, to say yeah it gets weird here yeah it's a really good time of year to do that uh, actually and um it can be a bit confusing sometimes on some thermostats because there's two auto modes Mm -hmm. um one auto is going to be for your blower motor and the other one is what you're describing where it can fluctuate between heat and cooling without you having to adjust it um and you hit the nail on the head i mean this time of year um you know where some days like i think i saw this sunday supposed to be 71 degrees yeah, is the right. high so you know sometimes it can be nice to not have to adjust that thermostat you know set a parameter from like 68 to 74 um and just let the system do its thing and cycle through it um that's a this is a really good mode a lot of the new modern thermostats have that um now um so it's you know something i would consider doing especially if you're in and out of the house a lot well you 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 uh in one of our came in well i think you even did it in this one but it's been longer ago but we had a thermostat where we had to manually change it from either we're gonna do heat or we're gonna do cold and then you came in and put a thermostat in for us right that that did that mm -hmm. where we could set the range right and make mm -hmm. that happen so you could do that too yeah right i mean course. you could do that at any house i'm mm -hmm. assuming mm -hmm. yeah so um the main thermostat that we're installing now is an eco b wi-fi thermostat okay. um you know you can pair it up to your phone so you can be on the way home from work and chill off of the house and mm -hmm. kind of cut it up from your phone um the other one that we're using is a jackson controls thermostat um it's a bit more um basic in the fact that it doesn't have Wi-Fi capabilities and stuff like that, but it still offers that auto feature that we were just describing. Mm -hmm. So you can set those parameters and say, look, I want it no colder than um, seven, or let's say you don't want it any less than 68 degrees in the house, but no more than 74, mm -hmm. put it on those ranges and you won't ever have to worry about it. Um, leave it and just kind of forget it until 
we get into those months where it's, you know, highs of, you know, 40 degrees all the time, then you can just flop it into heat if you were wanting. Um, but if not, you could leave it in those parameters and the cooling mode would just never run until we start getting into that spring season again. Okay. So let's talk about venting, right? Because like our, our home is on a slab, right? So our vents are coming from the roof. So our heat cool top, right? Mm -hmm. From the attic. Yeah. From the attic. Uh, you're on a slab, uh, you know, like when we were on, I mean, when we were on a crawl space, the vents were on the floor Mm -hmm. heating, right? Is there, is there a big difference? Because I mean, we, we all know that heat rises, Mm-hmm. and we're and now we're blowing down right yeah <laughs> right mm-hmm. we, and and we all know that cool air stays down and if you're blowing up help us understand is there is there an efficiency thing i mean i know there's nothing i can do about it right but, yeah i mean do you find there's an efficiency difference um not really to be honest um a lot of the newer homes that are being built are on slabs and um what they'll do is you know if you have a two-story home um, they'll run a trunk line from the attic through a wall Um, we call it through a chase and it'll go down through a chase and then do all the other vents that are good controlling the downstairs um in all honesty you really are not going to notice too big of a difference um between the two obviously it's preferred to you know if you have a two-story home crawl space system have a system in the crawl space with vents in the floor and then a system in the attic with vents in the ceiling Mm. you know that traditional style is going to work much better um but at the end of the day i mean you know like you hit the nail on the head there's really not much can be done in that sense um and you know as long as you find that sweet spot i tell customers this all the time as long as you find that sweet spot on your thermostat where it feels nice and comfortable up and downstairs you should be good to go you shouldn't really ever worry about uh, efficiency issues okay well let's let's stay with because I, i know i experience it from time to time and i know other people do too is that you know i got the vents in the ceiling but I still, I still can have a room that's still cooler than another. I got, you know, one room is hot and the other room is cool. Right. How do we, how do we attempt? I mean, is it something that we need to fix or is it something you need to come and help us do? Yeah. So that's a really good question. So there's sometimes where, um, in your duct system, you can have what we call dampers and, um, your dampers in some cases, if you have a room that's like three or four degrees different from when you step into a different room. Sometimes it can be as simple as the fact that your damper might be shut in the attic. So mm-hmm. as soon as that air tries to move out, there's a damper that's blocking that and reverting it back to other areas of the house. Um, excuse me. So if you're if you're experiencing that, um, most of the time, you know, a homeowner is capable of hopping up in the attic or the crawl space, whatever it is, and adjusting those dampers. They'll have a metal arm on it and um, you just kind of rotate it and you know you'd be able to feel you know less or more air depending on how you rotate it other times more often than not what i've seen is you know you can have like let's just say for example this conversation we have a three-ton heat pump if you have a three-ton heat pump and your ductwork is sized for a two-ton um that can really cause a lot of those hot and cold spots we see that all the time i just went to a customer's house yesterday that was having that issue um you know one bedroom would stay like three degrees cooler in the winter time compared to all the other rooms and one of the rooms is actually they were saying like we have to shut the vent in the ceiling because it it, you know it burns us up in here um yeah we have to do that right Mm -hmm. in the master Mm -hmm. we've got to shut the vent down in the ceiling right because it it's it, it, it just gets hot mm-hmm. in, in the master door. So we close the door, you know, right. It gets hot in mm-hmm. there. And 
we've tried adjusting some things here and there, but, and, and I, I, I gonna, you know, you guys are coming out to do our maintenance anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So an airflow adjustment might be needed. Yeah, so um, an air, Right. So you mm-hmm. guys are coming out to our house to do, do it. I mean, I'm scheduling you guys to come out and do it anyway. Right. So uh, airflow adjustment, mm-hmm. we have to take a look at that. Yeah. Um, you know, because there shouldn't be that kind of a difference between the living room. I wouldn't think. No, no, that, that's like I said, you know, there's, there's, there's a few things that could be there. And like I okay. said, the, the main one that I've noticed is, um, it could either be poor duct design or, um, you know, a damper could have just gotten more months that it's been running. Um, and a lot of times what I see is some houses, um, you really need to adjust it every season. Um, oh. so, so sometimes in the, um, summer months, you might want to have those dampers wide open gotcha. um, to get the cold air throughout the whole house properly. Gotcha. Um, and then in the winter time, you know, you might want to have those, you know, shut halfway. Um, I have seen that a few times in different houses. And like I said, every house is different, um, you know, just because of how the duck is designed in the house, mm-hmm. what type of unit you have. There's, there's a whole bunch of variables into that, but um, you know, that's why on these routine maintenances, you know, we have our technicians, if the customer requests it, um, they can go in there and do an airflow adjustment to make yeah. sure the house is comfortable and even and all, um, as well. Um, now that I think about it, that Ecobee thermostat that we do install, mm-hmm. um, we have the option to pair room sensors with it. Mm-hmm. So you can put, you know, if you have your thermostat in the hallway and your master bedroom is getting way too warm, um, you can put a sensor in that room to where it will take the average of all the temperatures um, between the two sensors and the thermostat and basically make sure it's an even slate. So, you know, you don't have that one room that's, you know, 78 degrees where your thermostat is 74 degrees. So that, that's the nice thing with those Wi-Fi capable thermostats. They they offer a whole lot into the HVAC. Are you, are you um, trying to tell me the Wi-Fi one? Is that what you're trying to do? No, no, no. So when Josh or whoever comes by my house, yeah. are you, am, am I going to get like, <laughs> by the way, I, I saw the show with you and Brad. And right. I think we need to go here to the yeah. Wi-Fi. Is that what we need to do? Yeah. I mean, like I said, if, if that's something you're interested in, yeah. by all means. But, <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, you know, um, in, in your case, I really feel like it could be something as simple as just an airflow adjustment, um, which, you know. But I didn't think about, I need to think about adjusting that airflow adjustment mm-hmm. from season to season. Yeah. Either. Yeah. And in all, sense. in all honesty, sometimes you can do that. Um, it's tough if they're in the ceiling and you have to get a big ladder out. Yeah. Um, but if you yeah, actually, because there's arms on the actual mm-hmm. vents themselves. So you can, um, you know, you only have to get in the attic or the crawl space. You can just walk up to that vent and shut it off. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, in my opinion, the best way to do that would be at the damper because that's as soon as that air is moving through that flexible duct, it's getting immediately reverted back into the duct system Got compared it. to it running all the way the length of that duct, hitting that vent, and then going back. Got it. Um, so so there, there's a couple of things that you can do as a homeowner there. Um, but at the end of the day, if, if you know you can't get it fixed and you just you know are struggling with it, we can always come out and take a look. You've been awesome. We've done our time. It's gone so fast. Wow, it really has. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've done our time. It's gone really, really fast. Tell people how to get a hold of you uh, and 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 your company. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you can visit us at our website. Um. Um. We're actually just now renovating our website. Um. So that should be all up first of the year. Um. Making it a little bit more user friendly to kind of go on and check out all the stuff we offer. Um. You'll be able to see our plumbing and electrical departments on there as well. And then, as always, our office number is 919-329-8288. 
um, get a hold of us in the office. And, you know, if you have a plumbing issue, electrical or HVAC, we're more than capable of tackling all of that. Um, and we can, you know, get you set up. That's awesome. You've been great, man. Thank you, sir. Thanks. It's been good to be back. It's great. Yeah, it's great to have you back. You know, you're coming back again, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for watching the show. You know what I say to you, you have a lot of choices. You chose us. Thank you. Uh, Give us a thumbs up on YouTube, uh, wherever you're listening to the show. Give us a like uh, watching us. Thank you. Tell the station you love the show. Uh, As they say to you all over the world, you know what that is. Ciao, everybody.